0: Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty. The number one destination for Seinfeld fans. This is episode 153. Today's guest is an actress and activist. She founded the nonprofit animal organization, the Amanda Foundation in 2001. You know her from a recurring role as Jill Bennett in Knott's Landing. You've seen her in Matlock, a murder she wrote, Beverly Hills, not a 2 and O. And, of course, she was George's coworker and girlfriend, Ava, in two Seinfeld episodes, The Revenge and The Stranded. Please welcome Terry Austin. Terry, thanks for joining.
1: Hey, Tony and Chris. Thanks for
0: having me.
2: Oh, thanks for joining us, Terry. And Ava was one of the rare, you know, two-time uh, episode girls, uh, George Costanza's coworker and then girlfriend we think, we don't know. But so take us back. It's been 31 years, Terry, believe it or not. Yeah. Train goes by.
1: (laughs) I know 31 years. So I was 10 when I did the show. No. Uh, Yeah, it's been a long time. And uh, um, it was, you know, I did first uh, two of the first original six or seven. It was. And so at that time, the show, you know, hadn't even it wasn't even on television yet. So it was a real crapshoot as to what was going to happen with it. You know, it was certainly an amazing cast and a, a really fun experience.
2: So, what you, so you're hot off Knots Landing, right? That just finished up. So tell us a little bit about how the role came about. Was there an audition? Who, what do you remember about uh, getting the role of Ava?
1: Well, I had worked for, with Tom Sharonis um, previously in Canada. Okay. And, um, and I knew, you know, like, and, and so I, they actually they offered me that, that role. And I think the initial—I uh, think a lot of the initial uh, episodes—they um, hired people they already knew.
2: Oh, so there was no audition with Larry or Jerry. Sharonis kind of just gave you the green light.
1: Yeah, I, would, I Yeah, it was just uh, an offer to come and do that.
2: Oh wow, nice. Yeah, she. Sure, listen, for our money, Sharonis is—you know—he
1: knows what he's doing.
2: He knows he's doing. He's kind of you know—Jerry and Larry for sure, but Sharonis had his kind of his his hands all over this, right?
1: if if there was an audition i don't remember it i just remember talking to tom about it and um and as i say it was um it was a, a brand new it wasn't a thing yet
0: so right yeah i mean it was a 12th episode that aired and it's interesting because we're trying to figure out a timeline here maybe you can help us out because the the stranded your other episode that was supposed to be in season two but it didn't actually air until season three right. yeah. so we're curious like which one did you shoot first? Do you remember, like how that yeah, worked we, out? Did you know there was going to be two episodes with you in it, or was that sort of I, yeah? But...
1: I did, and we shot them. Um, we shot the revenge first, and then the stranded. Um, excuse me. Oh, or did we? Well, I shot them one after another. I didn't come back six months later to shoot the other one. I shot them one after the other. How they ended up airing them, I don't. Uh, it didn't have a lot to do with. The continuity of
0: the show right so, it kind of breaks up the continuity a little bit because you know yeah. george obviously quits in in the revenge and you know and then the, the slips to mickey and, and we all know that yeah. but yeah. um in the stranded you know he's working with you still and and obviously going out and you know going out afterwards but um we were trying to figure out if how they were planning on airing him it seems like perhaps you know maybe the the um the stranded was that night that you got tied, you know, when you got you got tied up on Friday night or whatever. That was we thought maybe that was your date with George from the stranded. I don't know; it was a whole thing going on there.
1: I don't think any of us knew either. So it was, um, uh, you know, the I mean, the script was very tight and very, you know, excellent writing, and they were such a great cast. And I don't think it. I think that a lot of decisions happened as they were rolling things out initially. So, and again, this was a brand new thing. So I think that there was a lot of room for play. It wasn't set as it was, um, as things were later on when, when situations had been established. So that's why it's
2: open to interpretation. So, so brand new show, right? Early nineties. What was your kind of first gut reaction? Like, I mean, you've been, you know, listen, you've been around, you've been a lot of, been around a lot of stats. Um, this is this new show. These guys have never done a sitcom before. It's a stand-up comedian, his buddy, right? Essentially, Larry David. They came up with this concept. Um, obviously, they brought in uh, Sharonist to uh, kind of steer the ship in a, in a proper way. But what was your kind of first reaction, like vibe on the set? Like, did you think this was the beginning of something special?
1: You know, it, I no, I couldn't say that I did. What I did, what I, I do have a lot of, or I did at the time, uh, have a lot of writer and, and stand up friends, and um, really enjoy stand up. Really enjoy the company and minds of writers. And um, uh, I will say that everybody was so clever and so quick and everything. It was such a great group. So you, you it was, it was a very uh, electric sort of um, cast to be with. Um, everybody very top notch, so you knew that there was something special there, or I felt that there was something special, and I feel that they think thought so as well, like the the main cast Jerry you know he was you know thirty one years ago young guy and super sweet, so considerate, loveliest person in the world, really supportive, and everybody was just hysterically funny, so you you knew like if this show doesn't go. Somewhere, and you never know with with pilots. I mean, I'm sure you've had many actors say that if you're on the set and you're killing yourself laughing, it's probably going in the toilet. Like, you know, it's very hard to tell when right. you're doing something how it's going to come across when the public watches it or when the audience watches it. But um, but it, they, everybody was so funny that you thought, well, what? Ha- who knows what happens with this? This is an amazing cast of people.
0: Right. And to that point, the cast, I mean, you mentioned you knew you knew Tom Sharonis. Um, did, did you know any of the other cast from anything else like Julia or, or Michael or Jason? Because I know you had you had some great scenes with both both Jason and Julia, um, especially in The Strand. And, you know, I was curious if you had any interactions with them prior to that or what was your vibe with them kind of on set?
1: Well, you know, I didn't know them beforehand, but um, they are very professional and such excellent time everybody has such excellent timing it was so easy to uh to do those scenes and so much fun um but it was you know it's interesting because a lot of times when people think of people who are comic actors or in fact like jerry actually a stand-up comedian there's all often a perception that um these people want the laugh for them like they got to have the laugh for themselves they really care about who else gets a laugh thing? they're concerned about their laugh you know and and that is not that the people um they they are so professional about that if they if we're all good then the whole thing's good so um yeah it was just a real pleasure to work with all of them everybody was I I had a hard time not laughing at Julia so
2: <laughs> she said
1: that <laughs> do you eat fish
2: <laughs> such a, a I mean, so funny, but so professional. All these actors. So mm-hmm. speaking of professionals, like we said, girl from Toronto, Terry Austin. How did she? How did she go from Toronto to ending up on, on the set of Seinfeld? What was kind of? Tell us a little bit about kind of your background, your training, and kind of what your big yeah. break was.
1: You know, I um, Toronto is a big theater town, and there's uh, there's a very vibrant uh, film community and television community there as well. And I started as a, a teenager um, working in Toronto and, I, and um, I worked in film and I worked in television and I did theatre. And uh, then I went to university and I did a Bachelor of Fine Arts and a conservatory course for theatre. And my idea was that I would come out of this course and I would easily accepted on stage I'd worked for a number of American productions that were shooting in Canada. And um American producers kept saying to me, you know, you should come down south. You know, I'd, I'd hire you down. You I've got this other show and you should do this. And I was working a lot in Canada and I was very happy there. And I did have uh season tickets to the league, So it was a very hard decision to come south, right. but <laughs> but um I did I, I decided to come down to Los Angeles for a week and that just shows you Even 31 years ago, how little I understood about what a huge industry it is here. Because I thought, well, I'll go for a week and I'll see what happens. Like things are going to happen. But because I actually had worked for a long time in Toronto, I had a real, like nowadays, the way uh, technology is, everybody can, even, you know, Sonnenberg shot a film on an iPhone 10 years ago, you know. So, but back in the day, you had to have. Technical people who could make a reel for you and stuff. So, not everybody had one. So, when I came down here and I already had a composite reel of, you know, 10 different shows, I was able to get everybody to see me and I was able to get an agent. And then I was here a week and they signed me up for a bunch of pilots. I came down during pilot season, what used to be pilot season in January. So, I came down for a week and I was doing two pilots. And I was shooting a show back home. So, I flew back home because I had to, had to finish those shows. And, um, Oh, and while I was here doing this week of shows that then ended up, I ended up saying three weeks because I got these other, these other jobs, but I had worked for a wonderful guy named, a man named uh, David Jacobs. And David is a writer producer and he had uh, he did family and then he did Dallas and he did not Landing, And he was up in Toronto shooting a movie that was like kind of a, you know, fun project for him. And I was, I was working on that. And, um, so when I came down here, I called him up and I said, Hey David, I'm in town and love luck to have lunch with you. So I went over to, at that time it was still MGM. It's now Sony studios and I had lunch with David. And at the end of the lunch, he said, you know, this afternoon, we were going to do a casting, uh, it's one scene and not slanding. Um, do you want to do it? And I said, it's next week. And I said, sure. Yeah. Why? And I'd never seen that book. And uh, I said, sure. So, uh, in within the next within the next two weeks, I shot this one day, this one scene um, for Knots Landing, and then I went back to Toronto to finish the show I was doing. And David called me, um, and he, you know, and about like a couple of months later, and the, by that time, I found out the two pilots I'd done, neither of them was being picked up. And he called me and he said, "Hey, did those? What happened with those pilots?" And I said, "Oh, nothing, nothing at all." And he said, Well, CBS really likes you. Do you want to join the cast? That's my thing. So um, that's what I did.
0: Wow. Wow.
1: I know. Lucky. And at the time, I had no idea how, you know, like that doesn't happen.
2: So. Just like uh, Terry, just like Wayne Gretzky, you left Canada for LA and, uh, you know, the rest is history.
1: Hey, Wayne Gretzky <laughs> and I, when he was 19 and I, am like, I'm 65 now. So I, so I think Wayne's three years younger than me. But when he was like 19, we did a, a gene commercial together. And he was literally like, a big, huge star. And I was like, so happy to be, the, you know, I, at home, it's true. It's, it, you know, hockey isn't a sport, it's religion. So, so when people ask me, what's the, what's the highlight of your career? I said, I did a gene commercial to Wayne Gretzky.
2: <laughs> <laughs> By the way, this is, this is the second time Wayne Gretzky's come up on our podcast. Um, the guy, Ma, Matt McCoy, who played Lloyd Braun, was in Police Academy with. Gretzky's at the, you know, girlfriend and wife of Janet Jones at the time, and they became friends, so, um, Seinfeld and Gretzky, it's an incredible connection, is John Tavares, is he your, uh, favorite maple leaf now?
1: Well, yes, I mean, you know, I mean, I, it was funny, because just the other day, um, in the veterinary hospital that, uh, my charity, uh, owns and runs, I had a young veterinarian come in, and he had a, I saw he put a maple leaf cap on the, on his, on the desk, when he came in, and I said, um, are you from Toronto? And and he said, yeah, how'd you know? I said, well, nobody who's not from Toronto wears an 8 cap because we haven't won the <laughs> cup in 50 years. So we don't get a lot of fans following the team from other cities. Like if you're born and raised in Toronto, you're probably a fan. Otherwise, not so
2: bad. Yeah. The, uh, you know, we're over here in New York, the Islanders, uh, it's a big loss losing him. But anyway, let's, um, t- take us back, um, the revenge where we, we first meet Terry Austin. We first meet Ava and I'll never forget the line. Fred Applegate, who we spoke to comes in into the office. And I don't know if this scene can be made today, but, um, he asks you what happened or what happened to you Friday. And you said you got tied up and he says, I bet you did. And (laughs) the whole table laughs led by Patrika Darbo, who we've also spoke to, um, you know where where's the sisterly love here? She didn't she didn't get your back on that one.
1: Yeah, I mean, you when you look at things that were said then and how you know people would be vilified now, and it's another world. I mean, you probably you could. I mean, so many things couldn't be said, couldn't be made, wouldn't be done. You know, so it's it's really hard to uh, I, you can't you can't look at that from today's eyes. You just can't. So no. I mean, when I when I think of myself, you know, at at a very, you know, teenage years going into the business and all the things that rolled off your back because that's how it was. I often say, yeah, you be a teenage girl going into show business with the initials TNA. See you how know, <laughs> fun that is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that whole episode, the revenge with, with Julia and and, uh, and Fred Applegate, you know, talking naked, naked, naked and all that, mm-hmm. stuff the Mickey, but um, yeah, I'm wondering, you know, like you said, the show wasn't even really picked up yet, right? you're on okay. there for those two episodes you you know Sharon has got you the gig, which is amazing. uh we love hearing that um after the tape and after it airs um did you then kind of did did Seinfeld kind of stay on your radar? were you still friendly with Sharonis? did you kind of see them? oh look at that they made it. they're on season three there's mappper was like did you kind of follow it or were you like oh, I just did Seinfeld and it was kinda out of sight out of mind sort of thing, you know what I'm saying saying? Cause it was still kinda early in there yeah
1: yeah i there was um uh you know congratulations all around when the show was picked up but we you know I didn't stay in touch the next few years after that I traveled a lot um working and I spent you know I spent almost a year in Paris doing a show. I uh I went to New Zealand for a while. Um uh you know I so I, I because I, I love to travel and so a lot of times um actors don't want to take jobs on location because they don't want to be away from home and I was like no me me I'll go oh so uh, so no I didn't stay in touch with people after that it, but there was congratulations when the show was picked up and then you know, it became such a huge huge thing and then over the years so many other people did the show so so there is that um, there's that uh, you know Hogwarts sort of uh, collegiality with the Seinfeld
2: yeah and you mentioned a lot of your friends kind of tried out for roles or had roles kind of um, throughout the years on Seinfeld I think you know one of the biggest, obviously, members of Seinfeld who wasn't, you know, on 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 air was Larry David, mm-hmm. and obviously we've seen what what's become of him and yeah. the revenge. The, the story has it that that's a true story that was true to him, where hey. yeah, he quits Iron Live and went back. back the next day and
1: acted like he had yeah
2: yeah. So was that talked about on the set or to you like? Know-
1: I, I, I don't remember if he said it was him, but I know it was be based on somebody's experience. I don't think at the time he said it was him specifically. Um, but, uh, but you know, that's the thing about um, Jerry being a stand-up is that, uh, you know, most stand-up stuff is from people, they're those people's real life. I mean, very few people do stuff that's completely unconnected from them. So I don't know if I thought it was Jerry who had done that or if it was Larry. But I do think in um, the Revenge particularly you can see what his his later work there's some of that same sort of where all the characters turn on one person
0: yeah yeah um it's 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 funny too because like you said like they, so they they told you, because we've heard uh, a few different recurring actors and actresses who never knew they were coming back, right? They shot their their episode, they were gone, and the writers would call them back, or Larry Charles, or Larry David, hey, we want you you come back, or, we wrote your character another scene. But you knew you were kind of doing two parts, it sounds like. Right. Um, and, you know, the, the Stranded is, it, both of your scenes, actually, both of your episodes kind of had these... Um, party like atmospheres right the bar where everyone's there and then in the stranded it's a party that you're at with with george and everyone's there it's kind of a uh one of these kind of you know uh it looks to from the from afar like it could have been a fun scene to be shooting on right it seems a lot going on uh all the actors kind of there enjoying themselves in sort of a party atmosphere um aside from kind of knowing sharonis with the rapport there um, what was it like sort of between takes of like a Michael Richards or, or, or Jason Alexander, any, any banter there or like offset banter with them? We've heard some stories. They're very welcoming and things like that.
1: Yeah, no, they were super welcoming. And, and, and um, in between takes, you know, sometimes when people are, there's the um, main cast and then there's the um, the people who are guest stars or whatever, there's a division, but there wasn't that like, like the, the party, uh, the stranded party was mostly like uh, people, you know, Talking like like getting into conversations
0: like it was a real party. Like, Excuse me, please shoot this now. So it was it was you know Chickles right? Chickles was in that episode. We yes, he was. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah, but yeah, he, went like,
2: out, yeah. He, he went. out to have a decent career, but um. So. So yeah. So the strand So that was like you said that was taped first. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to say, you know, for this was George, you were completely out of George's league, by the way.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we don't know how that happens. You know,
2: when, when we watched later, Seinfeld, like, we kind of accepted it, right? But this early on, George, like, you connected with George was, I don't know, it, it didn't make a lot of sense, but we were very well, happy. But George,
0: George admitted it, you know, he said, I think a yeah. safe fell in your head, maybe, he said something like that. How did you make the decision to, uh...
1: You know, like, I think the way that, um, that, um, uh, the character was played that Jason played that character was like, he totally thought, you know, women are lucky to be with me boy, you know, and that's how he played it. And I think that's why you could assume that she would well vote with him.
0: Yeah. During that, during that episode, he certainly did play it that way, especially when he was leaving with you. He's like, come on, we can, I guess, yeah. cool, let's go. You and, you and Julia are good about the fish and everything. He's like, he's, it was really funny. I was just kind of like trying to usher you out of there. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's kind of a, you know, we've heard different, different variations, but if you were there kind of on set the whole episode uh, talking about the revenge um you know michael richards does that amazing scene with the cement in, in the in the laundromat um i don't know if you remember that if you were there for that taping or what that was like like kind of watching him remember when he has to dump the the cement into the wash machine he's like falling all over the place uh, you know curious if, if you were around yeah. for that or rehearsals or anything
1: no i didn't see that i didn't i didn't watch michael work i um i um so yeah no i i did not
2: yeah, the other and the other scene you were in, but I, I I saw you in the corner. I was curious if if maybe some scenes or um, some dialogue got cut. But at Lansky's, the bar where George uh-huh. is gonna slip it in, and then you know you see you all come in the middle, uh, and he does this whole big speech and you know, how you blew that McConnell deal. I will never know. Was there any? Um, any of your dialogue that didn't make it that you remember yeah, I know I any, think, it was taped a lot of extra that maybe didn't yeah make the,
1: yeah they did and and i don't remember which lines there were but that that yes my my particular a few lines of mine in that particular scene did get cut i don't think <laughs> i I think they did that for a good reason i think you know that how they edited edit is exactly how it needs to be but you're right and i think that you know, if you want, like, you can't tell that there's something. There might have been something else in, the, in between there. I don't remember what the lines were. There were in all the scenes. There were, um, you know, there, there was a little editing in pretty much every every scene. But that particular bar scene, yeah, it was it was edited. Uh, I was on a little bit on the cutting room floor. So
0: um. So so, Terry, tell us about the Amanda Foundation. I know you founded this Hi. in two thousand one, right? With um, the Actually, nonprofit animals.
1: Actually, um, the Amanda Foundation was started in 1982. Oh wow! And and, um, I I didn't start it. I joined it in the first year, and I was still working in the industry. So initially, I would spend. I what I mostly did was draw attention to the charity because I was working um, uh, in the industry and I could bring celebrities to events and I could mention it in articles and stuff. And you got to figure this is before the internet and before everything immediately was on Instagram and all that sort of stuff. So having that uh, opportunity to bring media attention to uh, the charity was uh, was a big deal at the time. Um, now an influencer could do what I did <laughs> like an afternoon, but at the time it was good. So the Amanda Foundation is a dog and cat rescue organization here in Los Angeles. And everyone says, who's Amanda? In Latin, the name Amanda means worthy of love. So it's our palata. The dogs and cats, and we're the only rescue in the country that also owns and operates a full-service veterinary hospital. So we provide free spay-neuter in very low-income parts of town, and we provide... Um, Veterinary service for uh, underserved people and veterans and seniors and stuff like that. And then the the main mission of the charity is to find homes for animals out of the shelter. So it's a lot of fun. I've always loved animals. And a lot of people in the industry love animals and continue to support the Amanda Foundation people I met 30 years ago when I first came to town.
2: That's awesome. I mean, so that's I mean, that's your life's mission is kind of saving these these animals these days. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, mean, it makes me feel good.
2: Yeah, I I mean you had a wonderful career and I guess you took a an early retirement, if you will, from acting. Mm-hmm. Um ever the itch to to get back or you mentioned curvy enthusiasm, you know, could you see yourself on a on a show like that?
1: You know, every once in a while, um somebody um like I'm still very um very good friends with my um, my manager at the time and and stuff and she's still in the business and and uh, every once in a while somebody asks about me I'll get a phone call and it's always flattering and tempting and everything I'm really busy with the not with the, the Foundation we do a lot of programs and it is a full time thing um, however I always say with actors I don't think that you ever stop acting and every every once in a while when I see something whether it, it's live or you know on screen or on the television that I think wow that's really well done and you remember when you did get the opportunity to work with like a cast like Seinfeld and the, and the, and not just the cast, the, the level, the, you know, Larry David, the Tom Schroes, all the, all of the support of that whole, um, that whole thing. It's so much fun. So every once in a while, I think, you know, when I see something, I think, oh, that looks, I'd like to do that. But, and I, I, my joke that when I stopped working, I had said to my manager, I said, look, I I just I feel like I just need to concentrate on getting some stuff done uh, with legislation here in Los Angeles and some ordinances and stuff that can help with animal cruelty, especially. And so I, it's just, she said, you know what, Terry, take a year off. We'll be here, you know you will come back when you want to. And I just never went back. But my joke whenever I talk to her is that I'll be like Jessica Tandy and I'll be 82 doing the gin game. You know? <laughs> and, uh, there's always going to be a play. He'll be the nurse in Romeo and Juliet or something. Right. But, uh, yeah. But it, yeah. So I don't, I, I, I so enjoy, and I had a really good time in the business as well. And I know a lot of time, I mean, I can tell you lots of me too stories because you're a young woman in the business that, you know, but uh, having even though that was a thing, I have to say, I was very fortunate that I had really good manager and agent uh, uh, and uh, Cynthia and Andrea Pat represented me and and uh, Leslie Siebert and I was just really fortunate. I had really good people all around me, so I had a wonderful time and, and I was really blessed. I traveled the world. people treated me like I was someone special <laughs> it was It was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, and uh, you you know, we we're looking over just a lot of the things you've done, and as Chris mentioned, so many great ones, but two of our favorites, and I don't know the correlation with Seinfeld, but we love talking to, to actresses and actress who have been on, um, you're on both Murder, Murder, She Wrote and Matlock. Two of our favorites. Just curious if you have any stories from either of those. Oh, my God. Angela Lansbury. Well, Angela
1: Lansbury just passed, you know. Yes, I know. I I was a huge Angela Lansbury fan. And and I knew all of her work from gaslight. I knew everything. And when I got that job, I thought, Angela Lansbury and I are going to hit it off at two peas in the pod. We're going to meet each other. We're going to look each other in the eyes. We're going to be like sister, you know, and we're just going to spend the whole day talking. I'm just going to be like this, and she's going to tell me everything about it. And um, and that did not happen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she was very, she was very nice, but you know her, she had a lot of her family working on that show, and so um, you know she wasn't chit chatting with the guest stars and stuff. So I was a little like you know sad emoji that didn't happen. But, but she was really nice. She wasn't like unfriendly or anything. But I had this whole thing where she was just going to be so happy to as happy to meet me as I was to meet her. But I will say with the matlocks, I actually did three of them. Okay, and <laughs> the age group of people and this is like 30 years ago you know so I was in my early 30s and the age group of the people who watched both Murder, She Wrote and Matlock yeah. skewed older right yeah. and Andy Griffith liked me we got on like a house on fire. he was a wonderful storyteller he was such a nice man and again I'm a I'm a history buff for film and television and Eddie Griffith had a pretty interesting career you know and I I was always like tell me, tell me, tell me. And so uh, I ended up, so I did three of those. So I did the first one and the second one, second and third one, they just booked me for. So on the, when we did the third one, by that time they were shooting in North Carolina. So it was really nice. We flew there for a couple of weeks. So nice. I went down to Charleston, you know, did a historic tour. It was great. But I said to the producer, um, I said, Hey, you know, in the first two episodes or the first two uh Uh, episodes that I did, I said, I played a a murderer, and then I played a, 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 you know, helping the murderer. Um, I said, don't you think people are going to recognize me? (laughs) Our audience? Nah.
2: They just kept bringing you back to a different murderer. Wow.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like I did, I went to New Zealand and I worked with Andy Rooney and he was, you know, getting up there. And again, this is like legend, right? And at that point, he didn't care. He was anything you wanted to know about anybody. (laughs) It was great. And so I just had breakfast, lunch, and dinner with Andy Rooney? Excuse me, again. Mickey Rooney. Sorry, Nicky. <laughs> I've got this light shining in my eyes, um, <laughs> trying to. Uh, I um,
2: mean, Andy Andy Rooney could tell for sure. No, it wasn't story. Andy Rooney.
1: He wasn't. He wouldn't have been nearly as, and not nearly as a legend as Mickey Rooney. But Mickey Rooney, okay. like he, like I said, he would be from Eva Gardner, the the wives, the the shows, the Judy Garland, everything. It was just like. Fabulous
2: to listen to. Well, let's if you ever want to get back, you tell your managers, let's do a reboot of um Murder She Wrote and you'll be the new uh Angela Landsberg. Now I now I can play that. Well, that's
1: frightening. But yeah, it's true. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So all these roles, Notts Landing, Seinfeld, um, you know, we may even 90210 LA LO, you name it. What are you today, again, 20 years out of the business? Yeah. But what are you? What are you most recognized for? What do people come up to you and still say, "Hey, I, hey Terry," you know?
1: Oh, you know, it, it's really interesting because it depends on what part of the country you're in. You know, I mean, I still get prison fan mail for not signing. <laughs> you know, you get prison <laughs> fan mail. My <laughs> so yeah. Addresses, you know, you know, file number, boxer. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> um. <but laughs> I, so, so some parts of ice. So I. So not finding was a huge thing, but Seinfeld was a huge thing. And I, you know, did, I played two guest stars in two spots. I mean, but it, that is something that people, I mean, they're so thrilled to hear about that. And, um, I get, that gets commented commented on and people show up sometimes at the charity asking you to sign something and, um, often it's for for Seinfeld.
0: So. That's great.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, You're, I mean, clearly a part of history. You mentioned how, how fortunate you were, but you know, we're the fortunate ones. You, what a career, you know, obviously everything you're doing currently today um, with the Amanda foundation, right. Worthy of love. Um, just incredible. So Terry, we, we can't thank you enough. Keep fighting the good fight thank and hopefully we'll see you. Hopefully we'll see you we'll on the big screen. One of these days. Thank you. You, you, Terry.
1: Never know. you never know. So thanks guys. Thanks for the interest. And it's a, it's a fun podcast. It was really fun going back and looking at, some of the past things I you know looked at before speaking to you. So
0: thank you. All the
1: best. And if I'm ever in New York, um I imagine you will be taking me to a hockey place. <laughs> yeah. <let's do
0: laughs> you got it. it. You got it. Okay. All right.
1: Thank
0: you so much. Thanks,
1: all right. Take care.